Hold up, they don't thug you like I thug you Stay around because I thug you like I thug you You love how I thug you like I thug you Just stay down while I thug you like I thug you Can't you see, ain't no bitch I gave my love to Know a nigga thuggin', but you know a nigga love you So hold up, they don't thug you like I thug you Just stay down while I thug you like I thug you Baby, why you trip? You always with that bitch you Know you got my heart, but this money got my attention So I make you insurance secure with other women I try to tell you I'm grown If I wanted them, I be with them Why you always trying to trip? Going through my phone and shit Nothing but leaks hit my line Why you whining by the bitch? I'm trying to get us rich, get us right And I know you got emotions But this shit come with the life Tell me this, what's better? Being happy or lonely Talking about me with them hoes Not knowing they really want me so all right, all right, WWFLIP, when we feel like it podcast, where we broadcast, when the fuck we feel like it. And as you already know, if I said that part of the introduction, you already know Mike ass ain't here. This motherfucker out there at a fucking Pokemon convention, capturing a rare Snorlax. Trash ass little boy. But anyway, we're gonna move on, and the name of that song is called Thug You Like I Thug You by OMB Bloodbath once again. If you're familiar with the single-player bonus mission episodes, you already know I played him before on the last one. So, we're going to keep the tradition going. And this week, there's really no music that I really fucked with that much. I did fuck with Trippy Red's album. It's decent. It's nothing really to talk about. There's some good songs on it, but it's nothing really to mention right now. And T. Grizzly put out a decent project, but... Once again, it's nothing really anything to elaborate on, but maybe y'all should start leaving comments and telling me what y'all been listening to this week. That shit would be hard, but of course y'all motherfuckers ain't gonna do it. And let's see what else we got here. Oh yeah, I wanted to break down the whole voting and wish thing. The point I was trying to make last week, which I did a horrible job at, was a vote is a wish disguised as an actual selection. So it's disguised as something that you actually have control over. But that's what the fuck a wish means. A wish means you are acknowledging the fact, the fact, F-A-C-T, that you don't have control over what you are asking for. That's what a wish is. That's like wishing for a million dollars. You are acknowledging that the million dollars that you're asking for, you have no control over whether it comes in or not. That's what a wish is. A wish is damn near like praying. And if you look up the etymology of the word praying, it is begging, which again, y'all not going to believe that shit either. But again, look that shit up as well. Look up the etymology of the word praying or prayer, and you will see it means to ask or beg. But anyway, I want to talk about the dangers of being a male groupie and what that entails. Recently, there was a story that broke out about a rapper named The Baby who had an incident inside Walmart where somebody tried to walk up to him and rob him. He shot them inside. I don't believe, I don't know if it was inside Walmart or outside of Walmart, but either way, he shot and killed the person that walked up on him who allegedly tried to rob him. But there are other reports that came out from people who know the person who got killed that it was really a fan of him or somebody who was looking at him and was like, damn, I see him with the chains on and all this shit. Who the fuck is this? So I'm assuming they were staring at him and walked up on him. And the baby with the hood instincts assessed the situation and felt like the person was trying to rob him or whatever. So they got into a little tussle and the person that got killed pulled out a gun. And I believe the baby saw that and shot and killed the dude, allegedly. Either way, the story is not even important, but you have to know being a male groupie comes with real consequences. You look stupid as fuck admiring another grown man for foolish reasons and running up on him and wanting to fucking autograph and all this other shit. That shit is <laughs> that shit is dainty behavior. You can't be a grown man and be dainty out here in the streets. That's not that don't really go together. I don't know. I'm just here trying to bring masculine energy back to the gang. 
trying to bring some man shit back to the game. All this so-called toxic masculinity type shit going on in the streets. I'm not with none of that shit. Motherfuckers put skinny jeans on and a supreme... <laughs> and a supreme man person. They just change all that. Their whole attitude change up. That shit is some undesirable shit. I don't know how y'all getting women. Like, I guess they feel like that they wardrobe going to double from fucking with you. They're like, shit, he got the purses already. I'm going to just fuck with him. <laughs> Weak ass niggas, man. I don't get it. That male groupie shit is just not, not the gangster shit to do. It'll never be me. Never. And when I say dainty behavior, I'm not even talking about gay people. I don't give a fuck about what gay people do. I have no problem with gay people. I'm talking about straight men doing dainty ass shit. I'm talking about straight men out here moving like single mothers and shit. <laughs> I'm talking about straight men moving like the grandmother off soul food and shit. Motherfuckers in their girlfriend's car and shit. Letting their girlfriend drive from everywhere. Niggas got the seat all the way back and shit at the red light. <laughs> Looking real cozy. It's like, dog, this a different type of breed of cats out here right now, man. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm fucking terrified of these cats, man. They got nothing but energy. They always ready to fight you, too. You can't even shit on them. <laughs> they always ready to throw hands with you. They ain't did shit all day. They looking for a fucking disagreement. They looking for an argument with a nigga. What can you do against a nigga that play PlayStation and do push-ups all day? You ain't got nothing for that, man. Motherfucking house practicing roundhouse kicks and shit. All types of wild shit going on in, in this man's household. Looking like an NBA 2K default player. Before you get all the VC and shit. Motherfuckers hitting major events with stocking caps on, with wave caps on and shit. It's like, I don't know, man. It's just a different breed of cats out here right now. I don't know what to say. And normally, I would thank these cats because, you know, naturally, you'd be like, I mean, thank God for these types of men out here because now it's just opening the floodgates for me in terms of women and shit. But no, <laughs> women is wifing these niggas. And yes, I said it correctly. Women are wifing these niggas. It's just a weird time right now, dog. Now when you do stand-up shit, you the weirdo. I hit the streets, I'm the weirdo now. <laughs> I go to the store and a woman's behind me and I hold the door. She looking at me like I'm crazy. And, uh, excuse me, what the fuck you holding the door for me for, nigga? <laughs> I'm like, God damn. You gotta cuss a woman out to get respect in the streets now. Shit's crazy. <laughs> you gotta be sassy and have an attitude to get women now. It's a scary time out here in the streets right now. You gotta cuss women out to get respect now. I ain't never seen no shit like this. I just don't know, man. I'm going to just move on to the next topic, goddammit. Last episode, me and Mike was having a debate about Basquiat, by the way. Then the funny thing is, I actually fuck with Basquiat, but I was shitting on him, wanting Mike to say something about Basquiat and, you know, elaborate on his life and all this type of shit, but he didn't really get around to it. He don't catch the hint sometimes, the way I try to set shit up. So people just assume I'm just blindly hating on everything, which is really not the case. I actually do fuck with Basquiat. I just don't necessarily care about his art. I, th I do think his art is a little overrated. But Basquiat, as a person, I love and respect what he brought to the game and what he meant to the art world and what he meant to that time period in New York City. Because people, I don't, I don't think a lot of people actually know the story behind Basquiat and all that type of shit. He ushered in like a, a counterculture in New York to where he was speaking about the energy in the neighborhoods and shit. And, and he was speaking to the angst and the frustration within the neighborhoods and put it in the form of artwork. So I do appreciate that, actually. And he actually was real good friends with Andy Warhol and other notable artists in New York from that time period. And he kind of cultivated this party scene that was real prevalent in New York at the time. And I actually was right. He did die from a drug overdose. He was actually kind of like Kid Cudi before Kid Cudi in the way he moved in the streets and everything, if you think about it. 
Well, if I would, if I were to relate that to the younger generation and put it in a way to where they would understand it, he kind of moved like Kid Cudi. If you know his story and his struggles and everything, him and ba- him and Basquiat actually have similar storylines and shit. A lot of similarities that I don't think people would even recognize. I don't even know how I put it together. It just kind of came to me one day. But people just really don't understand how art galleries and shit work. What really happens is all these distributors and art gallery owners and all these other people, all they do is get together and they decide on one person and they turn this person into a major star and they all decide that this person is going to be the one that we champion. And everybody gets behind this person and rallies this person and promotes this person and drives their price up to the millions and shit. And they all just make money off of it. That's really how the art shit works. But people don't know this shit. So people hear shit like me, what I'm saying, and just think it's just blind fucking hate. But it's really not the case. I'm not really just picking on Basquiat particularly, but it's really a lot of these mainstream artists in the art world. These are hand selected people. Again, selection, election. They're just ushered into the game. They're handpicked, they drive the prices up, and they all decide this is this is this is our guy because it's typically men. It's a man driven world out there in the art world as well. It's a lot of good women artists out there, great women artists that make a lot of beautiful work. But I don't know if they're making the same amount of money as the men are in the art world. I could be mistaken. I haven't been I haven't been following it as I used to, but I will be getting back into it. I was real I'm real big on art and all this shit. I study art history and all this type of shit. Studied architecture and all that type of shit. So I'm not just saying some random shit here. This is years of research. But yeah, it's a whole political scene within the art world too in terms of how they make the money. And these little small pieces, these little hand-drawn shit and all this freehand shit. Shit going for millions of dollars. It's not a, it's not an accident, people. These people were picked to do so to make money for these companies. Billions of dollars is, is exchanging hands yearly. And most of these people don't even make money damn near to their dead. Because if I remember correctly, Basquiat, before he really got popping like that, I believe the motherfucker was homeless. He was just going from place to place and basically living at these parties and shit. And doing cocaine and all types of wild shit. And venting his frustration through his art. And doubling back, I wanted, I don't know if I fully detailed my point about the whole male groupie shit, but if you're going to run up on another grown-ass man, at least say that you're a fucking male groupie. Don't just run up on a man to expect to know, expect them to know what type of energy you're coming with. They don't know what the fuck you want. So you might run up on somebody trying to get an autograph or some shit and get your stupid ass shot. Me personally, I would never ask another grown ass man for an autograph. That's just shit I just never would do. That's not my cup of tea. That's never going to be me. I'm never going to ask another grown man for a picture and all this type shit. Unless they just doing some outrageous stand-up shit. It ain't going to be on some fan shit on some NBA LeBron James type shit. It's going to have to be some, okay, Malcolm X type shit. I see Malcolm X, I'll be like, damn, I got to chop it up with Malcolm. That type shit. I ain't walking up on no motherfucking <laughs> nigga that do extravagant layups and shit. No, fuck out here. That would never be me in my fucking life. I just don't move that way. I don't knock people for getting autographs and all that shit, but I just don't value that type of shit at all. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying about how I don't really value money that high. Because I started looking back at people that I am inspired by. And most of these people are people who didn't have the most money and shit. Or people who jeopardized their money by making major moves and shit like that. For instance, Colin Kaepernick is a fucking football player. Or was a former football player. But I would probably get an autograph from him. Because he did a lot of stand-up shit for the community type shit. I don't give a fuck about his play on the football field. 
Muhammad Ali, I would get an autograph from him. But again, not because of his fighting career, but because what he meant to the streets, what he did on a higher level, on a, on a bigger stage for the world. I fuck with that type of shit. I know a lot of people don't understand the shit that Colin Kaepernick did. They might see that and think that it's not that major, but you have to think about it. He's putting his, his personal health on the line. He's putting everybody around him in danger that knows him. He's putting everybody in danger that, know, that, that knows this man. Because you now have to pick a side. For instance, if I'm in the football stands and I simply just wear a Kaepernick jersey and I don't stand up for the national anthem and the fans watching the football game, I'm liable to get a fucking beer poured on me. Motherfuckers might have to jump me in the motherfucking stadium, all types of wild shit. Just from wearing this man's jersey and not standing up and all this type of shit. It's real consequences from standing up to what you believe in. He put his whole career on the line. He put his whole family's life in jeopardy by doing simple things like that. And that shit means a lot. You can't just overlook that type of shit. Man is risking his life. And people be like, okay, he had a fake agenda because he getting paid by Nike now, blah, 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 blah. But he was already signed to Nike before he started even doing this type of shit. And also, it's really Nike who are playing both sides. It's not Colin Kaepernick. You have to think about it. Nike waited till that shit was profitable to take that stance against Colin, with Colin Kaepernick. And they're not even really taking a stance because, as everybody already knows, they are creating and making the NFL jerseys right now. And they're making fucking shoes and clothing for Colin Kaepernick. So they're playing both sides. They're eating from both sides. But if they would have dropped Colin Kaepernick, that would have been bad. Then a lot of black people probably would have stopped wearing Nikes. Although I don't think that would happen because people are obsessed with Jordans and all this type of shit. And people forget Jordan is under Nike. It is not Jordan. Jordan is not the real fucking company. It's like a sister company under Nike. It's still owned, produced, and distributed by Nike, motherfuckers. Jordan is not his own company. And people also don't understand that Michael Jordan himself has very small percentages off Nike. He still makes a high profit off of the products. But he got a super fucking ridiculous poor deal. He's not making anywhere near the amount of money he should be making from all the shoes they're selling. Michael Jordan should be fucking $10 billion in the game or some shit like that. I think he just barely has $1 billion, And most of that came from owning the Charlotte Hornets. Or whatever their name now. The Bobcats or whatever the fuck they are now. I don't fucking know. I think they're, they think they're back to the Hornets now. But anyway, my initial point is the people I look up to really put money on the line and shit and stood up for some real shit. That's really the, the greater point I was making. I damn near forgot my point. Somebody like Malcolm X and other people, these people weren't millionaires per se. Colin Kaepernick was, but he jeopardized his millions. Muhammad Ali jeopardized his millions. He was in the prime of his career when he said he wasn't going to the military and all that type of shit. And other celebrity athletes had to support this man. People like Jim Brown. Jim Brown had to help pay this man's bills and all this type of shit. Because the man wasn't making any type of money. This was in the prime of his career. And also people don't even know that boxers and shit would come up to Muhammad Ali saying how they're struggling and not making money. And Muhammad Ali would fight them just to get them paid type shit. He would fight certain people just to put money in their pocket. He was doing that type of stand up shit. I love that type of shit. I respect that type of shit. A motherfucker do a 360 dunk? No, I don't want your autograph. A motherfucker doing shit for the streets and for the people? Yes. I might ask for your autograph just to show you that I love and respect you. But outside of that, even then, I don't really want an autograph. I want to chop it up with you. I want to get some game from you. I don't care about the pictures and autographs type shit. That shit don't mean nothing to me. And on another note, too, the pains of being a fucking former rapper. Rappers have a hell of a life, man. It's real tough to be a fucking rapper. 
Because these older rappers who stop rapping or who are not popular anymore, these motherfuckers just be in their own neighborhoods getting the brakes bit off of them. All these world star videos and shit of older rappers getting beat up and robbed and shit in their own hoods and shit. It's just a stressful, horrible fucking life to live. After you fucking stop rapping and shit, you pretty much gotta move to a different fucking state or some shit. I don't know, you gotta do something. But a lot of these cats probably can't because they probably blew a lot of their money and shit. They probably didn't finance their shit very well. They didn't save or anything. And they probably weren't making that much anyway from the beginning to where they really could maneuver that way. People don't understand a lot of that shit is given to them. People forget about that type of shit. All these material objects and shit, that shit is handed to them. They're not necessarily paying for all this shit. So people see people wearing all this latest fashion and all that shit. Companies is giving that shit to people. Because they're going to make the money off the masses, not the celebrities. And going back to autographs and all this type of shit, the only person I really want to autograph from was probably Michael Jordan. And it's not because I wanted his autograph. It's because I knew his autograph meant money. If I had his autograph, I know that's like $5,000 off top. I could sell that shit for that type of shit. I never wanted a fucking man's autograph to keep it and all this type of shit. If I get an autograph from Michael Jordan, that bitch going straight to eBay. That shit going straight to StockX or the GOAT app or all this type of shit. Where you can make money off items and all that type of shit. That shit going straight to another man to make him pay for it. I ain't paying for shit. But see, I used to look up to Michael Jordan when I was younger and shit. But see, he inspired me to practice and go hard and shit. I wasn't just worshipping him and wanting his shoes and thinking I'm going to buy his shoes and play like him. No. I was inspired by him and he made me go outside and practice all day. I was outside all day, every day playing basketball and shit. And within my time period, when I was really taking basketball serious and shit, I was on some real unstoppable shit. And on previous episodes, Mike asked me if I played basketball for the high school and shit. Actually, I never even tried out for the team. I never wanted to be in the NBA and all this other type of shit. I never wanted to really play for colleges and all this bullshit. I just loved playing basketball at the time because I could express my creativity and try all type of different moves and shit. I was creating my own fucking and one moves. I was doing all types of wild shit. Playing style-wise, I was probably like Kyrie Irving before Kyrie. I was doing all that type of impossible layup shit. That was me. <laughs> I was making all types of wild layups and you know doing all types of crazy-ass crossovers and shit. Making people fall every day type shit. I just try to max my creativity at all times. And this podcast probably gonna sound all over the place. Cause I'm just thinking about shit off the top of the head. And I remember I was talking about comedians and shit too. I fucking hate that I didn't mention Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac is one of the all time greats as well. One of the coldest motherfuckers in the game. I also recently just heard an interview with Tracy Morgan ironically. And he was saying that if you not, if you not offending people, you probably not funny. So that shit gave me a little hope and shit. I was like, shit, okay, I'm going to start going hard then. I'm about to offend every goddamn body. <laughs> nah, but I'm just fucking around. I don't I don't ever aim to offend people, but people are always going to be offended at something you say. You can't really go around that shit. I feel like if you're expressing yourself and getting your comedy out there, people are going to be offended at some things that you say. And I'll just take that advice from an OG in the game and, you know, use that as inspiration and just keep mashing out because i damn sure not stopping i do want to turn some shit into some comedy shit i got a lot of fucking plans this podcast is like the smallest thing i'm trying to do trust me i got all kind of shit i'm trying to get jumped off i got in the works and shit with other people too and you know i'm trying to mash out but a lot of people take shit i say the wrong way and shit like (laughs) like i remember i said uh what did i say oh yeah i said marvel movies are trash and shit Really, it's not that Marvel movies are trash. 
I just have decided that I'm not really going to watch Marvel movies anymore because they just keep coming out all goddamn day every day. I fuck with the Avenger joints, but I don't really look for Marvel movies when they come out. And plus, I just said that shit because I already knew my nigga Well was going to hear that shit and respond. I already knew he was going to take that shit some type of way. I just say shit to make people, you know, talk their shit, really. It's just funny to me. Because it's funny. I used to, I still have comic books and shit. I still have all this type of shit that I used to collect from back in the day. I have all that shit still on me. I have fucking Spawn's first comic book and all this type of shit. I got all that shit on me. Believe me. So I'm not really against comic book movies and all this type of shit. It's just that they just fucking super oversaturated. And if you if you involve yourself in all this type of shit, it's like, when are you going to have time to really pursue the shit that you got going on type shit? Now, you could turn it into a way to where you could monetize this shit. Again, like I was saying, I'm like, dog, y'all boys should be, you know, reviewing movies and all types of shit like that. If you're going to watch this shit, make some money off this shit. If you're going to watch the NBA all day, make some money off the NBA. If you're going to watch the NFL all day, make some money off the fucking NFL. You can't just be a goddamn consumer your whole fucking life. That's all I be trying to tell people. I be trying to bring inspiration back to the streets. People, I'm trying to put the power back in, in the people's hands. That's what I focus on. People see these cats on TV and hear these rappers and all this other shit. You don't understand. Like like I was saying about Kanye and shit. These motherfuckers be taking songs that's already full-blown created. And they just put their lyrics over the song that's already created. They don't change nothing on these fucking so-called samples. But people don't know how deep that shit is. I'm not just talking about Kanye West. A lot of these rap songs are fucking beat by beat exactly the same. You just got to go back and do the knowledge on the shit. It's way too many. I can name fucking hundreds of songs that's complete copies of another song. And you would never believe that shit until you hear it. One day, I'm going to probably go and play a lot of these songs so you can hear this shit. But the shit is mind-blowing. Songs that you love that you think are original or not original. They came from older songs from the fucking 60s and shit. And again, exact beat. Nothing changed. Nothing added. Nothing. Period. They just put different lyrics over the shit. And the shit is worse than the original song. Way fucking worse. <laughs> the shit is fucking out of this world crazy. Songs that you love. I'm telling you. You'll be fucking blown away. I'm gonna play some of them hoes one day. And motherfuckers gonna be in denial about that shit. They're gonna be like, God damn. This shit too? And this? Oh my God. My whole life is a lie. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. So don't think this shit is impossible. These motherfuckers are not geniuses. I'm sorry. Even Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre got a lot of songs where it's complete exact replicas of a song that was already created he added nothing to the fucking song except they just put different lyrics over that shit you'll be fucking surprised man you'll be blown the fucking way if you really knew that's why i say i just gotta hop in the game if you think you could be a rapper and all this shit i mean do this shit have some real income coming in on some other shit too but i mean pursue that shit on your off time especially now we in the scrub generation all these scrubs is monetizing they shit getting crazy money off no fucking content in their songs and shit. They singles and shit. <laughs> fucking getting tens of millions of views and shit. On SoundCloud and YouTube. And the shit ain't got no type of content in it. And boys just caking up. Making real live money. And everybody just sitting here listening to this shit. Not making money for themselves. I'm just telling y'all. Get out there and get this cash. At whatever you do. It don't even got to be entertainment. Just whatever. Shit if you cold that math and shit. Start doing motherfuckers taxes. Or whatever the fuck it is you do. Like me, I came from a writing background. I was actually offered a scholarship for writing, but I just didn't go back to that college. Which is a funny story, because there was a test we had to take to place us into college classes and shit. Not the SAT, 
but it may have been it may have been the ACT or some shit. I just remember taking this test, and it took me so long on the math portion because I'm terrible at fucking math. I just got to really focus on it. I'm not bad at it, but I have to really fucking focus on the math shit because that's some shit I just fucking hate doing. But anyway, I was taking this test, and the math portion took me so long, I never got to the reading and writing portion. So I automatically failed that shit. So when I went to college, they placed me in like a lower level, damn near remedial type writing class. So I get in this class, and they have us writing these papers and shit. So I'm writing my papers, and the teacher is like, what the fuck? She reading my shit. She's like, this shit is amazing. This, Why the fuck are you here? She writing all types of notes on my paper. Like, oh my God, I love this part right here. I love this. I, I, I really don't understand why you in this class. I'm like, lady. I just fucking didn't take the test. That portion of the test, I I hate taking tests, so it took me forever to take this bitch, and, you know, I, it just didn't work out for me. And then she was like, oh, well, the next time you take this test, you really should just break it down. You should take the math portion by itself one day and then just pay for it again and take the reading and writing portion by itself. I was like, that's a cold-ass idea. I probably fuck with it. But she was working on getting me a, a scholarship with, for writing and everything, and she was just blown away by all my papers. She would read every single one of my essays aloud to the class and shit. She would try to get me to read my shit to the class and all this. I'm like, lady, <laughs> I appreciate the love, but I'm not doing all this shit. I'm just, you know, I'm writing my shit, talking my shit. I don't really want to read the shit in front of the class and all this shit. Because I'm always behind the scenes type of person. I'm not trying to shit on people and stun on people. I'm not trying to act like I'm the coldest one or the smartest one in the room and all this shit. I'm just talking my shit in my papers and, you know, let it be what it be. If you fuck with it, I appreciate it, but I ain't really trying to just read this shit to people and shit. On some Dr. Seuss or Mr. Rogers type shit. Fuck out of here. But she actually was instrumental. She gave me a lot of confidence and she inspired me to keep going in my own way. So, you know, after that, I started getting online and shit. I started doing album reviews and shit on websites. I started doing shoe reviews and shit like that on websites. Getting a lot of hits and clicks and shit. And people were fucking with me. I made a lot of contacts to a lot of this type of shit. I was doing all this, all this shit before it was popular, before the, the video portions came in on YouTube with people doing reviews on shoes and music and all this type of shit. So that's kind of how I got into the podcast shit because I was already getting love in the written form of it. But now I'm on the audio side of the game, which I won't say is easier. It's kind of hard because you're in more scrutiny, especially within this time period. Everything you say, people looking at it with a fine tooth comb and a microscope, they like, okay, Where's the circus shit at? Where the People are constantly looking for the circus shit. You say one wrong thing or one word out of place, motherfuckers is trying to slander the fuck out you. But people just really don't understand. You putting your career and everything on the line by talking this shit on podcasts and other shit like this. You taking a real risk because you putting real opinions out there in the streets. And people going to feel types of ways about this shit. And there's nothing you can do. You just, you just got to continue to talk your shit and, you know, don't back down from it. You got to go hard. And that's what I'm doing. I can't wait to get some material back together and try to hit like an open mic or some shit. I'm really looking back into this shit now. I really see myself fucking with the stand-up comedy. It's a dirty game out there, though. These bigger-name cats, they hear your open mic shit, they just take that shit and put it in their act because they got a larger voice and a larger audience. So if they take your shit and put it on stage, it's their shit now. They known for the jokes now. They're not going to believe you. You a small, small-time fish. That's why a lot of these comedians have beef with Kevin Hart because a lot of them accuse Kevin Hart of stealing their jokes and all this type of shit. And not even just him, a lot of other comedians do this shit. It's a real dirty game out there. Like Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia was known for taking people's acts and shit. 
he would do your act before you got on stage before him. So now when you get on stage, you have nothing to say because he took all your best jokes and said them for you. And now when you get up there, you can't even say your shit because he didn't already said it. And he was doing this shit for years until Joe Rogan came up there and confronted him. And the funny thing is, Joe Rogan got banned from the comedy clubs for exposing Carlos Mencia. And all this shit was true. And they banned Joe Rogan. So a lot of this shit is all politics. And I'm not a political person. This political shit is garbage. I don't like all that kissing ass type shit. I'm not shaking hands and faking like you my mans and shit. If I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you. I have nothing to say to you. And that's why people get me fucked up. They think I'm weird and they think I'm standoffish and all this other shit. It's just that I got to get to know you first before I fuck with you. I'm not just walking up to you and talking to you and giving you all my personal information and shit. No, that's why I do podcasts. I do long form shit. So you can't confuse what I'm saying. And sometimes people still do because really they they shut their mind off and shit while you talking. They already zone out and they already decide what what you meant before you even finish talking type shit. To the point where it don't even matter what you say next. All this shit is just kind of crazy right now. We in a, a real weird fucking time to where you can't say shit. But I'm just not about that shit. I say what the fuck I want to say at all times. And stand on my shit. I don't apologize for not a motherfucking thing. Unless I really did some egregious type shit. Which is pretty much never. I ain't did no egregious shit since I was probably a fucking kid. Can't nobody ever accuse me of doing some real backstabbing type shit. That shit don't ever happen. I'm good with everybody I was good with from when I was a fucking child. As you heard, when Well was on this podcast from No Boundaries, I've known this motherfucker for like 25 years or some shit like that. And I would like to thank Well too. He always helps us with the podcast type shit. Always give us feedback and vice versa and shit. We try to inspire each other. Like, there was a period where they weren't posting consistently and shit. And I'm like, dog, y'all are tripping. Y'all motherfuckers need to be hitting boys over the head every week type shit. That's the type of shit I'm on. I'm not on no hating shit. This is all inspiration. I'm always trying to bring energy back to the streets for the streets to produce. This shit is not about me. I rarely ever think about myself. For instance, you could look at the podcast episodes. You saw a single player bonus mission. You would see that bitch is not even numbered out of respect for Mike. I only numbered the ones with me and him together type shit. I could easily number the shit and be like, fuck it. This is an episode. Fuck it. This is some real shit. But I always show love. That's how me and him even got together to do the podcast. Because when me and my cousin was doing the podcast, Mike hit me up. He was like, when y'all record, because I want to come through and be a guest one day. I'm like, fuck that guest shit. Um, I probably got some other plans for us that we could do. And he was, like, he was still trying to push for the guest type shit. I'm like, dog, fuck the guest shit. I got some other shit that we could probably do in terms of another podcast and shit. And he was like, what you got in mind? And I'm like, we probably fuck with the sneaker podcast type shit. And mind you, months earlier, he had already hit me up saying he wanted to do something with an Instagram name that he had. And I remembered that shit. And again, out of love, I was like, you know what? We could do the sneaker shit and I just name it your Instagram name. And we arrived that way to where you could fuck with the podcast and you could still use that as an Instagram name and still do what you originally sought after to do with the name. And that name happened to be Size 10. That's the name he came up with. Just like when we feel like it, that's the name I came up with. And just like that, I came up with the artwork for the motherfucker. I put this shit together. I put niggas in the position to win. I put niggas in the driver's seat. I'm like, dog, let's get money. Let's do this. Let's do that. But what can you do? It's like, that's why it's always funny when motherfuckers be like, I'm mean or I'm this or I'm that. It's like, dog, I put niggas in the position to win. You can't call me all this shit. You got to provide proof. You have to provide proof, motherfuckers. 
just arbitrarily deciding some shit. That shit don't mean nothing to me. I produce. Show me the proof. Everything I say, whether you agree with it or not, I provide logical proof as to why I'm saying this shit. And again, that don't mean you have to agree. But I do provide proof of what I'm saying. Or or, a high. There's a reason why I do every single thing that I do. There's a real reason. I could break all that shit down and talk for hours about why I do shit. And you would think the shit random, but none of this shit I say is random. Nothing. Every word is meant. It's a place for every word that I say. That's why motherfuckers be like, Sean think he know everything. Sean think he know this. It's like, no. I speak on shit that I know. That's motherfuckers' problems. Motherfuckers be speaking on shit they don't know shit about. So they think it from their perspective. But on my side, I only speak on shit that I know. Shit that I've researched. Shit that I'm interested in. If I don't know shit, I'll be the first person to tell you that I don't know. That's my first and favorite phrase. I say I don't know so much at work. Motherfuckers be like, damn, Sean, what the fuck do you know? I'm like, shit, I don't know. Because you can't never accuse me of saying, talking about some shit that I have no clue about and shit. You can't catch me up in no lies and shit. Motherfuckers can't name one lie I, I told him. I remember there was this cat at my old job. He was always like, you know, wanting me to sell shoes to him or wanting this or wanting that. And I'm telling him how to get the shoes on his own. But he's still trying to get the shoes from me. And he was always like, man, you you difficult to talk to. You difficult, man. It's like, no. You just already got your mind made up of what you want from me. And I'm telling you, you're not getting that shit. I'm telling you how to get it for yourself. But now this motherfucker finally opened his mind up and shit. And now he finally getting it for himself. And now he just be asking me what shoes to get type shit and all this type shit. Because it's coming to him now. That's what I'm saying. I put people in position to win. And people not always going to get it. But it's not for them to get. I don't care if you understand me or not. I do what the fuck I want to do. And not at the cost of others. That's the most important thing. The biggest problem, ironically, with people who know me is I'm not around enough, which is a legitimate gripe. And that's what I'm working towards. That's why I quit my, my former job to have more time to be around people that I love. But right now, I'm still super busy because now I got a different job. Now I'm doing two different podcasts where you got to come up with material for two different podcasts every week. Or when Mike decided to fucking show up and shit, weak ass nigga. See, people hear that type of shit, they always think I'm shitting on Mike. It's like, no, I inspire greatness and I keep it real. If you don't like hearing real shit, then you're going to have to get the fuck from around me. That's just how that shit go. But people just don't keep it real. So when you hear real shit, that shit, that shit hit like a hammer on the head and shit. Motherfuckers be scared of that shit. But you just got to stop hanging around soft niggas. You should be more offended at people not keeping it real with you than you are offended by people who keep it real with you. People who don't keep it real with you, that's offensive shit. People who are looking out for you, that is not offensive shit. They keeping you sharp. But motherfuckers want participation trophies. I don't give them shits out. No. If you say some shit around me, it's go time. You say you want to do a podcast, that means motherfucker, let's go. I'm aiming for greatness. If you're not in this shit to be great, you in the way. I'm not trying to work for other motherfuckers and shit. That's the most degrading shit in the fucking world. Other motherfuckers comfortable with working for other people and shit like that. I don't care if you enjoy your job or not. You shouldn't be comfortable working for other motherfuckers. That is not gangster shit. It never will be to me. So I just don't have the same mindset as other people. That shit don't float my fucking boat. That shit, all that shit is trash to me. All this working for other motherfuckers shit and nah, that's that's not that's not the real shit right there. That's not my type of shit. I don't aspire to work for other motherfuckers my whole life to where my life is constantly and my schedule is constantly in another motherfucker's hands. That's just not how I want to live my life. So I'm trying to get this shit all the way jumped off so I can do what the fuck I want to do the way I want to fucking do it. The name of this podcast is My Real Fucking Life. This is how I really move. 
This is not just some random ass name. This shit is for life. This shit is for real. That's why people who talk to me on the regular, they already know what time it is. They already know what's good. But I'm trying to build a real platform to where, you know, I could really put people on and really get shit moving. And it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when. And I got time. <laughs> I got all the patience in the world for this shit to jump off. I ain't going nowhere. Boys gonna hear from me whether they want to hear it or not. And I think the majority of people get it. My heart is in the right place. And my intentions and my actions, I feel like show that and represent that. And I try to speak from a point of view to where people really understand what I'm saying. And it really drives home to them. Because people walk up to me all the time and be like, damn, I never thought about it that way. They probably heard the shit a hundred times already, but the way I broke it down to them, they be like, God damn, that shit really stuck with me when you said it like that. So that's the shit that keeps me going. Because people show love to me all the time. And if people see me in the street, show love, man. Chop it up. I don't, I'm not on the fake shit. I chop it up with everybody who shows love. But if you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. Doing a podcast by yourself, it's a lot of weight to carry. Because 20 minutes of information by yourself is like an hour of information with somebody else. So doing a full hour by yourself is like doing two to three hours with somebody else. Like a thousand words of writing is probably like 10 minutes on the stage for comedy type shit. This shit is not as easy as it sounds. And I know I've said that before, but people, I don't think people really understand it until they really hop in the game and be like, damn, this shit is different. People think they're going to get on the mic and just freestyle and shit, and that shit is going to come out great. No, <laughs> that shit is not going to work like that. I'm telling you, once you dive in the game, you're going to be like, damn. When the mics is on, it's different. When you know people going to hear this shit, it's different. It's a whole different type of pressure you're going to feel. When you know people can hear this shit, a lot of times, every episode we record, I'd be like, damn, that shit was trash. I'd be thinking every episode is trash. If it was up to me, this channel wouldn't even have no fucking episodes because I'd be about to delete all them hoes. Now, I wouldn't delete them without consulting Mike and all this type of shit, without us coming to an amicable agreement about whether we should keep the episode or not. But we haven't deleted any of them. We kept all of them because, you know, I am of the thought of, you know, if we did it, we did it. Put it out there to the streets. But I don't always feel good about everything we record. Again, really, I'd be feeling like every episode is trash. But then I listen to the playback and we start laughing within like the first five seconds of the motherfucker. So. Sometimes you just got to hear it back and be like, okay, we on to some shit. This shit is moving. That shit do sound pretty decent. But again, you never really know how the streets feel about it. You just got to, you know, go out there and do your job. Try to knock some shit out the park. Just have your energy right. Just have your mind right. Have your thoughts together. Try to put some shit out there to the streets. That's all you can really do. It ain't no hoping and wishing. You got to make this shit happen. Without consistency, you're not going to get nowhere. You can't hope your way into the game. You can't wish your way into the game. You got to say that shit for Aladdin. Aladdin had a genie. You got a job. A wish ain't going to pay the rent. A wish ain't going to get you a job. You got to produce. You got to go out there and knock shit down. That's why that wishing and hoping and shit, that shit be pissing me off, man. That shit, I don't like those types of words. Trying, wishing, and hoping. <laughs> That'll make me want to fight a motherfucker. You come up to me with that shit. Well, I'm going to just walk away from the conversation. Because I ain't going to fight you. But yeah, man. I feel like this was a solid episode, I guess. Feeling in better spirits. I felt trash last week. I felt super trash. I didn't I didn't like how I communicated within that last episode. At least at the very beginning of it. I didn't like how I broke down the whole voting and wishing shit. I don't feel like it fully came out the way I wanted it to. But you know, again, those are the dangers and risks you take from creating shit from scratch. You just got to put that shit out there. Sometimes you have brain freezes, all types of shit, man. 
but this has been When We Feel Like It podcast, where we broadcast when the fuck we feel like it. This is Sean. I appreciate you for listening, and I'm gone, man. Thanks.